Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis, and this is uh, Cats and Cosby, uh, the best 5 o'clock show you can find anywhere. And we have a whole studio full of uh, people here. We have... Judge Richard Weinberg and uh, Common Sense Democrat and uh, Congressman Peter King, Congressman, a, a Common Sense Republican. And we have the CEO of Goya Foods, uh, Robert Unain. How are you, Robert? Doing great, John. Thanks for having me. a special guest in from Virginia, John Eikhoff. How are you? Good. Good. And Rita, what say you? Well, what says me, I'm getting ready for a big book party tomorrow. There is a book launch of my favorite book, and it's called How Far Do You Want to Go? Written by you, John Katsimatidis. Everybody's going to come on out. Well, it's going to be a big book party at Barnes & Noble on Fifth Avenue. And, uh, I think it's 5th and 46th, John. 5th and 46th, yes. is that where it is? 1 to 3 right? p.m., and you know it's going to be packed because uh, it's it, this is the launch. The book's already uh, one of the top sellers out there, so you cannot How miss can it. How become number one in, in Amazon where it's not even released yet? Well, it's called You Have a Top Show on WABC. That doesn't hurt, right? That's what so happened. that's what happened. No, and he's also, great co-host. That's why. That's yeah. got to be it. That's me and the boys. I say it. I, I am the and luckiest person every day. Today, today we had a great, uh, me and uh, Judge Weinberg, uh, we had a great lunch with Senator Cotton. Senator Tom Cotton, just outstanding gentleman, a real leader, uh, a war hero, won the Bronze Star, graduated Harvard College, Harvard Law School, a common sense Republican, and truly should be one of the great leaders of an emerging Republican Party. If I could add to that, uh, he was the first Republican senator outside the Northeast to endorse the 9-11 health care legislation. And also talked about the lab leak. I mean, that's the huge story today, you guys. Remember, he came out early and said, we believe that COVID came from a lab leak at the Wuhan lab, and he got vilified for it. You're absolutely right, Rita. He put it in his book, which is a best-selling book. He tried to write an op-ed piece in the Times. It was printed, and then it was a civil war within the New York Times because they don't believe in freedom of speech anymore. It's all the news that's fit to suppress by the people at the New York Times. The New York Times appreciates your comments. <laughs> I cancel Robert, my subscription. Robert, Robert uh, Yunane, uh Goya CEO, you guys are running a worldwide company now, and I understand uh, you were uh, in uh, were you in Ohio or uh, tell us what you've been doing. Well, uh, I was actually recently in, in uh, Michigan, concerned a bit, a little bit about food. Uh, Michigan, in the Thumb area, is one of the uh, most prolific uh, areas for farming, all types of things: sugar beets, beans, and and, and all types of commodities. We, you know, we've had uh, droughts over the last uh, year, and we're going to have back to back, I believe, uh, uh, crops around the country or and in, in Europe. 
are are really hurting. Uh, the biggest food and the biggest inflation number in January happened to be food is up ten percent uh, over energy, which is about eight. But uh, food is a big concern going forward, and we were just there trying to uh, assure our, our food production and and you know material for for the next uh, this crop, which will be coming up in. Uh, Plantings now, April, May, and then September, uh, August, September, uh, pulling out. But we already foresee uh, another back-to-back Nina. The the rainfall is predicted to be very short. So uh, we're bracing. We're trying to get as much product as we can. Now, Robert, your your family has been in the food business for a, a zillion years, and uh, you're, you're, it's one of the biggest uh, uh, Latin uh, uh, producers what do you think of the Chinese buying all this farmland in America? Why are they doing that? Well, they are, and so is Bill Gates. Uh, actually, I was just hearing out in Michigan where, again, I think it's going to be the future of farming in, in this country, maybe in, in the world. And there's some suppliers, some suppliers we have of beans. They're taking 2,000. This one woman, uh, Sydney Brown, of uh, does beans. She's taken 2,000 really nice, flat, productive land, and they're incentivizing her to put uh, solar panels on that land. For 30 years, that land will not be used for production of food when those solar panels can go on top of buildings and go along highways. There's other places for solar panels to be put. And it's all about follow the money. All these companies are incentivized to – you know, for to be green. And it's just about following the money. It doesn't make sense that we take good, fertile land to uh, to cover with uh, solar panels. Is this sort of part of the, like, woke ideology, if you will? Is that what you're saying, Bob Yunanwe of, of Goya? Just about in anything, it's follow the money. In trafficking, in the vaccine, you know, we're talking about Wuhan. I think it's follow the money. It, it's follow the money in drugs, in... in uh, Arms, arms dealing, and in this, the green is all about follow the money, incentivizing. Texas, where I live, has 25% of their energy coming from uh, wind. And during the storm two years ago, we had uh, freezes because those, those windmills stopped turning. They weren't insulated. A complete disaster. When Texas is one of the most prolific uh, uh, fossil fuel producing uh, states in the country. And in t- in Florida, when they had the hurricane, all the electric cars started to blow up. Right. Uh, Newsom wants 100% cars by 2035. This last summer, they couldn't hand six, handle 16% of cars as electric. They had to turn off the grid. Don't charge your cars. Don't turn on your air conditioning. Hey, if you can't handle 16%, how are you going to be, be able to handle uh, uh, 100% in, in 2035? Now, you know what I say to people? If you're dependent on electric for cars, for your stove, and, and uh, for your life, you won't be able to 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 drive anywhere. You won't be able to cook anything. You won't, you won't be able, be able to toast a bagel. I mean, you won't be able to toast a bagel. You know, if these people really believe that, I'll sell them the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, at, they, a, good, at a good price, though. <laughs> 
They are loony because they're I understand the doctors on the phone. Absolutely. And of course, the big story, as we've been talking about, is the Wuhan lab. Joining us now is Dr. Peter Mihalos, our great resident doctor here at WABC. Uh, Dr. Mihalos, uh, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. I've got to ask you, of course, this huge story today. And the judge and I were talking before the show. Uh, This is coming from the energy department. Their, you know, their whole goal is to oversee chemo and bio labs, the Lawrence Livermore lab. They are experts. What is your reaction now that it's another U.S. government agency saying it looks like a lab leak? Are you with us, doctor? Hang on. We're going to get him. We're going to get him on in one second here. But that's a big question, judge. You know, they're trying the people who are opposing this revelation are saying, well, what does the Department of Energy have to do with this? And the fact is that this lab that you pointed out is the leading lab for these kinds of uh, research. So it's not an off yeah, decision. The experts. They are the experts. So, so we're going back to uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, did the Chinese lie to Fauci or did he lie to the American people? Well, Fauci had that whole gain-of-function well, research. He was a pusher of it. I, I don't believe in coincidences. Remember how, how Fauci got this. They couldn't do it in the United States because of the United States law. So they moved it over. So they moved it over to, to China. And why the United States government was funding that kind of research, which is dangerous stuff, obviously, why would you do that? And he denied it, too. That's the other thing, too, is like I we have talked to so many people at the Trump administration who were in the meetings with Fauci. And they said Fauci never brought up that he had any ties to gain a function. That's what's so odd is like, why wouldn't you bring it up? You had ties to gain a function. It had ties to Wuhan lab. Even if he says he didn't have anything, you know, that there's nothing nefarious. Why would you not bring that up in meetings? That begs the question. What do you think, Judge? Because it raises an obvious conflict of interest issue. That's why. Well, the doctor is, on, is back on the call. Yeah, the doctor is back on call. Doctor, they, can found hear me? Out, they, they found out what he was going to talk about, and somebody cut him off. They said he's one of, one of yeah. the uh, thousands upon thousands who've been censored. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead, doctor. Uh, well, first of all, just for our audience, because we, we, we throw these terms of gain-of-function research, just to quickly explain, what gain-of-function means is that when you want to test a virus and try different antivirals against it, the experiments can take months or years. So what you do is you make the virus intentionally manipulated to make it more transmissible, and this way when you, they infect animals in these laboratories, they can do the experiments faster and test different things on them. But the problem is when man interferes, with these RNA viruses, sometimes things can go awry and they become super contagious. And in this case, if it was a gain of function research where it became so contagious that someone who was cleaning one of the bat cages there got infected and then leaked it out. And that was a rumor that we've been hearing for months. And it may have turned out to be, you know, true. And that's what the concern is. But it also tells us that nationally and internationally, wherever we have any bio labs or whether we are investing or uh, putting money into these things, that we need to have more regulation and much more oversight because these things can turn out to be a disaster. And we saw that 6 million people are dead, over 1.1 million dead in the United States. You know, this is not a joke, and we need to have better oversight. And when we have to have better due diligence, just like when we make statements like there are weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and then, you know, there's a couple million people uh, dead and wars and refugees. We have to just do a little bit more due diligence and be more serious about uh, this type of research because you get the wrong pathogen. You can knock off half the planet. You know, forget about missiles and rockets. 
the deadliest things on this planet throughout the years, the plagues throughout history. It's been the microbiological invisible things that have done the most damage and killed the most people on the planet. Well, and that was one of the things, by the way, I was just watching um, Robert Redfield of the CDC, who was Trump's CDC director. And he was saying, uh, Dr. Mihalos, exactly that, that this was so potent that he believed early on that this was man-made. In other words, a lab leak. Uh, Bob Unanwe, you got something from Goya Foods. Yeah, you know, I wanted to say that, you know, uh, what they said right away was, you you know, follow the science. This is, you know, they tried to cancel any misinformation. Now, if you were to take uh, when when they said the world was flat, and if you would say it's round, that would have been uh, misinformation. It would have been a vast right-wing conspiracy. You know, we didn't follow the science. We should have. And anybody that wanted to was canceled. Yeah, and that's the that's the sad thing, Dr. Mihalos, to Bob's point, that think about how much more information and it would have maybe saved lives had we looked into it. <clears throat> well, look well, what they told absolutely. you. The problem is that you had epidemiologists sitting on the stage there with the president instead of having physicians who actually treat patients are frontline doctors who are ICU doctors who are actually treating patients, just like, uh, you know, out in Long Island. One of the doctors realized there was a clotting disease right away, and they started putting people on blood thinners, and they had a much higher success rate of saving people. They weren't using steroids in the beginning. Finally, the people in England were telling us here in the United States, start giving steroids early on because you don't die of the virus. You die from the inflammation of your own body attacking the virus, causing fluid in your lungs, and it's like drowning. And that cytokine storm was killing people, but they were censoring doctors for giving anti-inflammatories or trying to do that and threatening them with their licenses, especially in places like California, and you couldn't prescribe. Now a paper came out. Nobody talks about it because they were attacking hydroxychloroquine, but now a whole bunch of papers came out that was uh, that were put out that show that if you gave it super early, it does have anti-inflammatory properties and will help the cytokine stone. But they showed studies where they gave it to people already very sick in advance two weeks already into their hospitalization. The same thing like Tamiflu with the flu. If you give it after four days, it's useless. You have to give medicines early on, and they would – attack doctors for prescribing a medicine, threatening them. Even they had even pharmacists threatening to report them. So this is like a really, really scary what happened. But now a lot of the uh, data is coming out and a lot of these things have been proven to be, uh, you know, to be real uh, treatments. And uh, thank God for Operation Warp Speed that got us some antibodies, antivirals that saved millions of lives. Otherwise, we would have really been in trouble. We could have ended up losing two or three million Americans to this if we didn't shut the uh, airports down quickly. Well, Dr. McClellan, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. The whole point is, as you well know, it's a scientific method that allows for research and challenging premises to make sure that you have advancements in medicine to protect people. And when California, as you correctly pointed out, when they made it a law so that they could strip the medical license of doctors who use so-called disinformation, how dare they? These were people who had a countervailing voice, and they should have been heard. And it should have been the scientific method that proved correct or incorrect their their theories, not governmental censorship bodies. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, and I hope that we've uh, we sh- there should be the title is lessons learned about from the pandemic, and hopefully we've learned our lessons. And I think the next time around, whatever administration is, they need to have four or five physicians who are actually treating 
these diseases and infectious diseases who can talk about these things intelligently instead of having people up there who've never seen a patient, never examined the patient in 50 years, and just keep talking about the double-blind peer-reviewed study that takes years to do. You had people on the front line, if they saw a result with something that had low potential for risk, you needed to use it. And some of the people who had the courage to use steroids, they turned out to be right. The people who used colchicine, an anti-inflammatory used in gout, turned out to be right. And some of other anti-inflammatory rheumatoid arthritis drugs that ended up saving lives, including one physician I know in New York that he was at New York Hospital and the family pushed hard and they were able to get this uh, rheumatoid arthritis drug that was made by Regeneron and they were able to save this person's life who was on a ventilator for two weeks. But, you know, you had to advocate. If you don't have somebody advocating on your behalf and we uh, the doctors If you don't have somebody advoc advocating, you're going to die. <laughs> exactly. And the doctor, we now we, we need true, to advocate sadly. for the doctors and protect them and give them the freedom to practice medicine to their uh, best of the ability. Doctors don't go into a hospital or trying to hurt anybody. We just you know want to help people and save yeah. people. And when you have that kind of interference, it's doctor, potentially dangerous. We have one minute before the break. What you know, I have John, my friend John Eikhoff here uh, says, what is the next generation of COVID vaccines uh, that may be developed? Well, I think that we're going to see ones that are more targeted to va different uh, variant-specific. Variant but the problem right now is that uh, they're having a big problem. They ordered all these vaccines, but many people are not interest, as interested in getting the vaccine. But I understand the beginning, yes, we needed to do something. But now that there are antivirals readily available, people are not jumping to get you know, their boosters as much around the world and uh, hopefully some good data will come out with some good vaccines with very very few side effects and the people <clears throat> will develop confidence in the in the boosters uh, but right now i think that uh, you know we're, we're seeing a much slower rollout than people expected especially in europe uh, they're finding that all these millions of doses they order and they don't have people who are willing to line up uh, the shots. but thank god we have antivirals and thanks for always getting the truth out on wabc Thank you, Dr. Thank you. Peter Mihalos, and thank you. And uh, uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back. And I understand Robert Yunanaway from Goya has some more information for us. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We are in studio, of course, Rita Cosby joining the great John Katsimatidis, also Judge Richard Weinberg, and also our favorite CEO, Bob Unanwe, CEO of Goya Foods, great patriot too. And also he's named King Highway, the King and I, everything after him, former <laughs> New York Congressman Peter King. Um, you know, Bob Unanwe, we were talking about Ohio and one of the things, President Biden just did an interview recently, and he repeated again, I don't know if I'm going to go to Ohio. I did a Zoom call, basically. Isn't that enough? Uh, you had folks on the ground in Ohio. Tell us, you have been helping out there. Of course, President Trump has gone. Tell us about your great efforts. You know, well, most recently we sent uh, food by, by air, actually, uh, with the help of some other organizations, GEM, Global Empowerment Mission, Michael Capone, great, great guy, uh, he set up in Turkey, you know, over 47,000 people uh, perished there. He said it might be much more uh, than that. And when, uh, you know, East Palestine happened, uh, I saw first a video of this big cloud that went up. 
And I said, wow, this, this is, uh, you know, what's happening here? And that didn't really become a story until some of the local uh, media uh, uh, picked it up. So I, I would, but, you know, uh, East Palestine has 4,700 people, you know, and they're, they're white, they're, it's a small community, uh, they're poor, supposedly they're the Trumpers, they would be uh, a community of deplorables, I guess. But, um, and I was compelled to see, you know, with this, they basically torched millions of pounds of uh, this polyvinyl, vinyl chloride, which is used in PVC pipes. And I guess they figured by lighting a match to it, that's going to make it disappear. No, what happened is this a tremendous cloud uh, went up. And I've heard that even uh, some of this uh, 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 fallout has gone to as far as Canada. You know, this was a mile or two from Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania. But, uh, you know, and then they said, uh, which I think was so, so irresponsible to the people, Okay, after a day or two where they actually pulled out firefighters and said, look, this is not, you know, you can't, uh, you know, be in there. And they told the people after a day or, or two days, it's okay to go back in the water. And, and it wasn't. They've taken a lot of those, uh, the foam, the water foam to put the fire out. They've taken uh, to Texas. There's, uh, I think, 10 specialized companies in the country when, uh, that will deal with this, these, this wastewater. Uh, and di- and send it down very deep uh, wells, but there is uh, places in 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 uh, Ohio and Michigan nearby. Instead of you know shipping it all the way down to Texas, but we saw, look, th- these people they're sending them back in uh, to drink the water. It- it's crazy. So I called up. I actually called the local police department and said, "How can we? Where can we send food? Food that's already hydrated, uh, uh, soups." things like that, without having to use their local tap water. And so we contacted this uh, way, uh, way station, uh, this gal, Cheney Nesbeth. So it's, uh, you know, it's a very small community, like I said. It's a, uh, the First United Presbyterian Church. We sent product over there from our facilities in, um, in Angola, New York, to south of Buffalo. But we really wanted to reach out to this community, which I think is a forgotten community. And because it's a small community, and maybe because of the demographics, they just weren't uh, paying attention to this community. So our hearts and prayers go out to that. We, you know, we told them when the cameras go away, we'll still be there. In fact, I just called on the way here uh, to see what we can do to continue to help there. Bravo. And those are like sort of the meals ready to eat, which like our, our troops get sometimes when they're in foreign lands. That's bravo to do. I bet they were thrilled because our president still hasn't been there yet. Yeah, you guys have well, been there. I, I can't figure out. I mean, does anybody have an idea why President Biden hasn't been there? I think he made a mistake in the first place, and now he's afraid if he goes out there, he'll get a bad reaction, and he's hoping it goes away. No excuse at all. It's terrible. And, in fact, like he said today uh, or on Friday, he did a big interview with ABC. He was like, well, I did a Zoom. Basically, that should suffice. I mean, are you kidding me when well, you see just what you were talking about, Bobby? Well, it's getting worse every day. Aaron Brockovich was out there, but it's getting worse every day. You can't. Uh, have that type of uh, fallout like in Flint, Michigan. In Flint, Michigan, it wasn't the moment it happened. It's been over time. And over time, you're going to see it getting worse and worse. The worst mistake they made was was, uh, lighting a torch to this thing and creating this incredible flume of smoke to be spread across this country and maybe into neighboring countries. 
the water, thousands of, of fish and animals are dead. You know what? I We were talking on Friday. 43,000 animals have died. 43,000. And they're still boiling water in Flint, Michigan. Years later, isn't that amazing? Yeah, but have... boiling water doesn't help. If there's chemicals inside the water, the chemicals are not going to go away because you're boiling it. Right. No, but in Flint, that happened years ago. Isn't that amazing, John? I mean, think about how long the repercussions. And Judge what about, Weinberg? And what about the topsoil? There's been pollution of the topsoil in that area. And how do you remedy that? Now, who's going to pay for it? The government? The railroad? Who's going to pay for it? Well, that's the question, because now the early report from NTSB was that it was a wheel bearing that caused it. They're looking into it. But well, uh, if you hear Biden, everything is Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> well, to me, also, the thing that happened was uh, DeWine and Shapiro of Pennsylvania and uh, Ohio, they said they approved basically lighting this thing on fire. Unbelievable. Yeah. They, the answers, we're going to take a break. And uh, during the break, we're going to come back with new Dobbs to find out how the financial markets are. And after that, we have Bill O'Reilly at 545. You better hold on to your seatbelt with Bill O'Reilly on later on. And after the break, uh, Jim Jacobs, Jay Jacobs from the uh, uh, Democratic Party. Great uh, guy. Great, great guy. Democratic Party. Yep. And big, big news on that, too. Let's go to the Lou Dobbs. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We continue, of course, this is Rita Cosby with the great John Katsimatidis, who has a book launch tomorrow, everybody. Make sure you come on out one to three. Barnes and Nobles, West 55th Street and 46. So it's going to be awesome. Fifth Avenue, Forty Sixth Street. That's right, 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 that's right. Five 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 Fifth Avenue. Thank you very much, Judge Weinberg. And also with us is the CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Unanway, and also former New York Congressman Peter King. And we are now joined by Jay Jacobs, the Chairman of the New York State Democratic Committee. Uh, Jay, uh, by the way, a big article in New York Times Sunday Magazine. Uh, we got to get your reaction. And I know Congressman Peter King has a whole bunch of questions for you too. <laughs> Well, good. Thanks for having me. What was your reaction to the article? Well, I mean, I certainly didn't didn't like it. I think didn't think it was a fair article. But you know, the interesting thing is this, and I and I, I thought better of the New York Times. I'm kind of surprised that that they allowed Ross Barkin to write that article without revealing the fact that he's actually a member of the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America. I mean, this is a guy who had an agenda. He ran as an anti-establishment candidate in a primary in 2018 and lost. And, um, you know, he, he's got, uh, as I say, he, he's got his own viewpoint, which he's entitled to. But the unfortunate thing is I, we gave him a lot of information that refuted the basic premises of his article, and he just chose not to use any of it. So, I mean, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I didn't want to take that interview to begin with because I'd seen previous articles from him, but, you know, I did it. I, I, I tend to take everybody's uh, interviews and um you know look you know it was disappointing hey jay this is pete king always good to talk to you let me just tell our listeners you and i have been on opposite sides for almost 30 years but you are the most, again as honorable as anybody i've met in politics you played straight and fair you don't go after family members and uh i think we need more political leaders more people who come out of organizations who understand what politics in real life is all about so how is it in today's world listen uh, you know, uh, my party has enough crazies, too. But how do you deal with, the, again, your people coming from the fringes who have never been in politics, never been in public life, and suddenly they think they can run the whole show? 
Well, you know, first things first, and I appreciate what you said, uh, Pete. You know, we get along very well, and I, I feel the same about you, and, and we've always had a, a good relationship even though we've differed uh, on policies. And that's the point. You know, I try to remember all the time, uh, we're all Americans, and and that gives us something that binds us together. Unfortunately, too many people forget that. The other thing is I, I always have to remember in my own behavior is I don't want to be them. I don't want to use their tactics. I don't believe in how they make their arguments. And I think this is the problem of extremes on both sides and for both parties is that too often they don't want to argue the merits. They just want to practice the politics of personal destruction. You know, if you say something they disagree with, they won't argue it. What they'll do is they'll call you a racist, a misogynist, or a narcissist, or some such thing, but they'll never get to the point of it. Well, I don't like to play that game that way. I believe that the public deserves better, certainly in my job, as you had in the, a very important job in the U.S. House of Representatives. We have a responsibility, and we have a responsibility to our constituencies to do the best job we can, but to do it, I think, in the appropriate way. And that's where you know, I admire you, too, in the sense that um, you always did it the right way. Well, thank you, Jay. Mr. Chairman, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, uh, often identified by Mr. Kasmatidis as the common-sense Democrat on the show. And I have a simple question for you, Mr. Chairman. How do we get the Democratic Party back to a common sense centrist party? We've lost our party. Well, uh, Judge, I, I, it's good talking to you. And um, I, I would I would disagree. You know, I think the narrative is that we've lost the party. I think that's what Republicans do try to sell continuously. And I'll tell you, there are Democrats elected, uh, particularly from the city, uh, for the most part, who who do have a more uh, a far left view than I do. And most of the party does. If you look at the last gubernatorial primary, uh, just took place in June with Governor Hochul and Tom Swasey representing the middle, uh, the moderate, common sense, if you will, Democrats, and Jamani Williams, um, who I know and I happen to like personally, re- representing the far left. Um, Jamani got 19 percent of the vote and 81 percent went to the, the folks in the middle. And Governor Hochul has been governing from the middle. And I think she's a progressive minded, but she understands that, you know, you have to move with moderation on some of these things. But I, I think everybody is united in the idea we've got to make lives better for people. But I don't want that narrative to take hold where people actually believe that we're under the control of the far left. You know, we're going to lose some battles, you know, internally in our party, and, and we do from time to time. But, you know, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak loud and clear as the chairman of this party that we are a middle of, of the road party progressive yes but middle of the road and that's where we're going to be you know uh jay this is rita cosby i keep thinking though as you bring up kathy hochel she brought up of course hector lasalle and look what happened with the assembly um they said no he's he's too conservative he's and you know i mean they shot it down instead of every senator having a mind of their own they voted as a party versus having every senator a mind of their own and uh, maybe lasalle would have been elected yeah, well, it was the state senate, right? Uh, I, you know, I, I would say to you, look, I I uh, supported Hector Lasalle uh, right from the beginning. I I know Hector Lasalle; um, he's an excellent judge. He would have made a fantastic chief judge. The the state senate, I think, um, uh, did him an, a, a disservice, and um, and I said so. But you know, I think there was more at play going on there, unfortunately, and that's the internal politics of the party. But I think that the governor. 
is going to come out strong from this. She sees it very clearly uh, what it is. Uh, she's going to be looking to make improvements in things that are, Jay, are meaningful to everyday people, and she's going to keep doing that. Jay, I hate to ask you the tough questions. April 1st is the budget. Governor Patterson has advised us here at the 5 o'clock show that the governor has a lot of power uh, to, to get things the right way, especially uh, what we're all concerned about is walking around our city and, being, and feeling safe. Is she going to put her foot down and say, I'm the governor, I want the city and our state safe, or is, uh, uh, is the state senate going to be the real governor? No, I, I think you're going to see Kathy Hochul um, is a very strong individual. I've known her also a very long time. I've seen her in action. I've talked to her behind the scenes. We talk fairly frequently. And she's determined. And she wants this state safe, the city certainly safe. She understands the problems. Uh, she's looking at a whole host, um, an array of uh, options uh, to improve public safety here. We've got to get the court system moving. Yes, there's, there's tweaks to bail reform. We've talked about that uh, a long time already, and I think you're going to see some action there. But the main thing is, you know, we haven't had trials. We have Brooklyn, I think, had one criminal trial in a year. So, you know, we've got to get the court system working again. That's why Hector LaSalle would have been so good as our chief judge, and she knew that. But uh, that's I, going to be the focus. Jay, I agree with you. Uh, Hector LaSalle was a very, very smart guy and a middle-of-the-road person. And the Hispanic population got, uh, how do you say it, screwed up in Albany? And, <laughs> that's a nice uh, political way to say it. That's a good political word. And, but look, we, we, want, we want Governor Hochul to succeed. We want her to succeed. And well, I she, hope she's going uh, to, any, anything we can do to help you let us know. We want to help. We want her to succeed because we want New York City safe. 484,000 New Yorkers have moved. I was in Florida this weekend. It's definitely the sixth borough of New York City. <laughs> and, and, and look, you can't afford, you know, you know, if any more millionaires move to Florida out of, out of New York City, New York State, you know, what are we going to do? Short the bonds? Yeah, no, I mean, the governor understands. I certainly understand. There's got to be a balance. You know, we want to get a lot of good things done, and some of these things cost money, but we also need to be encouraging business, inviting business here. Look, Kathy Hochul brought a major firm to here to, to we do want her. Jay, we want her in, to manufacturing in New York State. We want her to succeed. But, Jay, thank you for coming on and uh, and. Thank you for all the help you got, because we want New York City, New York State to survive. God bless you. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself, Jay. Yeah, me. bravo. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with the great Bill O'Reilly. And uh, he was in Florida this weekend, too. Let's see what he has to say about Florida. And Bill O'Reilly is, uh, is full of pep. Let's take that break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We are now joined by the great Bill O'Reilly. Of course, get this 19 million books sold in his killing series, his new one, Killing the Killers. And also, of course, hosts on WABC Common Sense, 9 to 10 p.m. He's also on Sit and Friends and on with Curtis. We can't get enough of Bill O'Reilly, John. And he's getting a full 15 minutes today. Wow. that, that that's a, He deserves 15 hours. I love Bill. I, I agree with you. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, 
You were in Florida this weekend. Tell us your experiences and your thoughts. Um, I was uh, bombing around, and I talked to a bunch of New Yorkers who had uh, gone down there in search of a better life. Um, They left New York, mostly because of money, high taxes, and um, they're older, and they don't want to be besieged uh, by Albany any longer. So they go down to a a state that has no state income tax and a very lenient um, death tax. So if you want to leave um, money to your heirs in Florida, you'll leave a lot of money more than you will in New York. But anyway, I had lived in Florida uh, as a high school teacher for two years down there, and I was based out of Miami when I covered the war in El Salvador and the conflict in the Falkland Islands. So I know South Florida. And um, my top question to all the New Yorkers who uh, have moved down there is, how do you handle the heat? It was hot yesterday. And uh, particularly yesterday, I took a fairly long walk. It was about 85 degrees at the end of February. And I'm going, gee, if global warming is really true, in 10 years, it's going to be 112 in February here. And uh, people have varying degrees of, uh, of uh, explanations, but if you're going to move to Florida or the Carolinas, Texas, Tennessee, you have to deal with the heat. And I have a hard time being Irish dealing with the heat. It's not in my DNA. Wow. And by the way, we're getting a, a little bit of uh, snow flurries here, which is kind of interesting. Very no, mild it won't ones. happen. It's 39 <laughs> degrees. It's not gonna get, you're not going to get any snow. Well, they're predicting just a very little well, bit, which is wild. When was the last time a weatherman was right? Um, I would say uh, 1912. <laughs> this, is a wimpy, this is a wimpy winter. A little alliteration for uh, Katz and Cosby. A wimpy winter. Um, well, you Shamanai guys are smart, uh, Bill. When I was a kid on Long Island, Levittown, we played ice hockey outside on the pond. Okay? The old Westbury Pond was our home ice. Two months straight, we could play ice hockey almost every single day. This year, there wasn't one day that pond was frozen. So I believe in global warming. I don't believe in all the uh, politicizing it as Many, many people are doing, but certainly the climate here in the Northeast is changing. Hey, Bill, um, I want to get your take on this big news, too, about the uh, Energy Department, which is overseeing, obviously, the chemical and bio labs are certainly an authority uh, coming out and basically aligning with the FBI uh, that they believe it was a lab leak at the Wuhan lab uh, that caused COVID. What are your thoughts? That's huge news. Yes, but it wasn't reported properly, which really depresses me. So they came out with that, and then they said, but our conclusion has low confidence. So there are three, when a federal department issues any kind of um, judgment on a situation, it's high confidence, medium, low. And the low confidence is we can't prove our assertion. That being said, the FBI's conclusion that COVID came out of the lab is moderate, which means the FBI says we have more evidence. Bill O'Reilly's conclusion, which is, of course, the one that matters. Of course. Is 
it certainly came out of that lab. There's no question in my mind it did. And I'm a simple man, and I, I derive my analysis from simple means. China will not let anybody investigate that lab. Nobody. So what does that tell you? That virus came out of that lab. I don't know if it was weaponizing it. I think they were probably just trying to figure it out, uh, what it really was, and, and they were doing things. Somebody got infected, walked out to Wuhan, 8 million people, and walked around, infected people, and then the rest is history, as they say. You know, it's amazing, Bill. I, I had to laugh today. I was watching the White House briefing with poor John Kirby, who was getting peppered with questions. And his answer was, well, the president is trying to do what he can to get to the bottom of it. Do you get any sense that this president's trying to get to the bottom of, you know, of COVID, the causes, which, as we were talking about, almost 7 million people were killed around the globe, but more than a million in America, Bill O'Reilly? No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The only thing that Biden fears getting to the bottom of are the steps to Air Force One. Okay, I mean, it's the guy is totally devoid of problem solving and curiosity. I have a segment on uh, Common Sense tonight at nine o'clock on WABC with a guy just wrote a new book on the border. Okay. And over the weekend, there was a uh, big arrest in Arizona, 4.5 million fentanyl pills seized, 50 million lethal doses of fentanyl. More narcotics are coming into the United States today, as we speak, than ever before in the United States history. Does Joe Biden give a wit about that? Does he care about that at all? Does he pay attention to it at all? The answer is no. And the same thing can be applied to the origin of COVID. He's a diminished man. He barely gets through the day. And issues like this, I don't think he's got the intellectual capacity to even grasp. And I hate to be harsh, but that's what I believe. There's a conflict. What was it? The Department of Defense said it came out of the lab? Department of Energy. The Department, Department of Energy, Energy said it came out of a lab. Out of special lab. lab. Specialized and now lab. The, White House is, uh, uh, the White House is reporting, no, no, it didn't really. It's no just... consensus, you know, that it could be either or. And, and basically he's trying. I mean, it's it's you use the sort of phrase they're trying to diminish it, Bill. They won't even give any credence to the FBI report either. Well, that's because of the CDC and Fauci. So for more than a year, that's all we heard was COVID came from a bat that, uh, I guess, turned into Bela Lugosi when it hit the ground. I don't know. But that's what Fauci, and I use a soundbite tonight on Common Sense, you'll hear him say, oh, no, I didn't come out of the lab. So in order now to, to take the position that it did, they have to throw Fauci right under the bus and the entire Centers for Disease Control because that was what came out of both of them. And they don't want to do that. So that's what you're seeing. You know, Bill, um, I want to get your take on uh, speaking of President Biden. Um, the interview he did with ABC was mind blowing. They asked him about his age and then they also asked him about Ukraine. But one of the things was also about Ohio. And he's like, well, you know, um, earlier in the day, he's like, I did a Zoom. 
I mean, that's the best he can do. We've been talking about the terrible destruction there with the train derailment. Uh, what are your thoughts on how that how he's handled it and if there will be backlash on President Biden, certainly on Buttigieg? Well, yeah, Buttigieg is through, finished as a national political figure. But by, this just falls into line with what we're just talking about. Does he care about narcotics coming into the USA? No. Does he care about the true origins of COVID? No. Does he care about an environmental disaster? It's not a train wreck. It's an environmental disaster in Ohio. No. Why doesn't he care? Because he can't concentrate on anything. That's why. I don't think he's an evil man. I just think he is so damaged at this point in his life intellectually that he can't function in this job. Judge Weinberg, you got a question for Bill. Bill, Bill, have you seen the column by Andy McCarthy where he says the only way to protect the United States border is by impeaching uh, the president? And if so, what do you think about that theory? Well, we only have, you know, two more years with this guy. You could impeach him. I mean, and certainly what he's doing is impeachable. Um, and it would pass the House, but it would never pass the Senate. So do you want to get into the Trump thing? I think that might hurt the Republicans politically. I think that basically you have to make this outrage as vivid as possible to the American voters who still give a wit. I mean, there are people who think Joe Biden is doing a good job. How is that possible? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, nobody will ever say that to me. me in person because I, I just like, the what? I never hear that in person, but the polls say 42% think he's doing a good job. Are you out of your blank in mind? So that's what I'm concerned about, That those people. Yeah, where, where are those numbers coming yeah. from, Bill? Yeah. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, at 9 o'clock tonight, what are you going to be talking about on uh, WABC Radio? All right, we're going to leave with this COVID thing, and that was the fastest 15 minutes that Captain Cosby has had. See what happens? You're having a good time? You're good. terrific. Bill, we love you. Right. Thank you. And, Thank and, you. We'll and by the way, at 9 o'clock tonight. before we go, John, I want to make sure everybody comes out. John's book launch tomorrow, Barnes & Noble, 555 Fifth Avenue and 46th Street, 1 to 3 p.m. It's going to be awesome. Come on out. Well, thank you, Rita, and thank you all. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.